Welcome to the September-October teaching. Uh, I, I think you'll really enjoy this. We are talking about the awesome truth about you. Actually, there's four uh, teachings I have in this series, and, and part one is the one we're sending to you. I hope you'll want to order all the teachings. There should be a little uh, information there in the package you received about how you can get the other three together with the album that they are in. I think you'll really enjoy that. You can share it with your friends this month is uh, thrilling from many points of view. We are going to Haiti at the end of the month and uh, people are already responding and we really need that response financially and in prayer to help us also here in the city of Toronto for the first, for the middle three uh, Sundays we're having a special festival approach service right here at the Toronto International Celebration Church. Our auditorium has been renamed the Toronto Pavilion. This renovations have gone on. It's going to be very appealing when you see it on the outside. And we are not all done with them yet, but you'll see some of it when you come here for those meetings. That's September the 9th, 16th, and the 23rd at 2.30 p.m. in the afternoon. We are reaching about 250,000 households. A lot of them Muslims, Hindu, Buddhist friends living right very close to where we are located. Please join us if you're at all in the extended GTA area, Greater Toronto area, then please come and join us for those services. These are going to be services where we expect Jesus to save and heal people of all religions, just like we see around the world. So mark that in your calendar. Then we go to Haiti, and then at the end of October, we are in Karachi, Pakistan. I don't think I need to tell you the dangers involved with Pakistan. The political situation is very volatile. Christians are constantly being persecuted or harassed and even killed. But we're going there because God has given us favor and because it's one of the world's largest countries. And we're going there with the message of Jesus. Lots of other good things happening. Another Bible school year. Enrollment is up about 30% from last year. So we're looking forward to that. But right now, let's get to the teaching. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your support. Here we go. Well, today, this morning, I want to talk about the awesome truth about you. The awesome truth about you. Notice by my title here that I'm not talking about the truth of what could happen in your life. I'm not talking about the truth of what God could do for you if you were good enough. I'm not talking about any of those things that you might have heard many sermons about. Rather... I'm teaching, as I always do, in the modus operandus of the Apostle Paul. He doesn't talk to, to the people of what they could be uh, or, or, or reiterate all those things. He talks about who they are and, and who you are right now in Christ Jesus. And so I said it'd probably take me a few Sundays, but I'll get started a little bit today. And I'm really going to get to the you part of it here before I'm, before I'm done. Uh, whether We'll see how far we get today. You know... There's a story told just before Jesus' crucifixion where Pontius Pilate, the governor, says to Jesus, Are you a king? And Jesus answered, Yeah, I am a king. But my kingdom is not of this world because if it was, my servants would have fought. And then he says, For this reason and for this cause came I into the world that I should bear witness of the truth Everyone who is of the truth, Jesus said, hears my voice. To which Pilate responds, very much like an average American or Canadian might respond, what's truth? 
I mean, who knows what's true? You know, what's true for you may not be true for me. So we say, what is truth? Jesus, earlier on, just before that incident, had made this statement. He said in John 8, 32, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Let's say that together. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. We're talking about the truth about you, about us. And so Jesus' approach to situations and people, you could call them counseling situations today, was a truth encounter. In fact, earlier on here in John chapter 8, there was such an incident where the Pharisees brought a woman to Jesus and threw them her at Jesus' feet. And they mentioned certain facts. They said, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. That's fact number one. Fact number two, the law says she should be stoned to death. So so they are applying facts to the situation. Now in Jesus' response, he doesn't try to refute the facts. He doesn't argue the facts. But he he comes with the truth. And he, he, he says to them, here's the truth. He that is without sin cast the first stone. At which point they all were convicted and walked away. And then he turned to the woman and spoke the truth to her. He, he said, woman, these have not condemned you, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. And the woman was freed. So what is Jesus doing here? He's applying truth in the face of certain facts. And Jesus is the truth. You see, you see, to just have the facts and not apply the truth leads to deception. Deception is when you're absolutely convinced that you're right and you're still wrong. So to just have the facts, she has been caught in the act. The law says uh, she should be stoned. The case is, you know, open and shut. These are the facts. But the truth has not yet been imparted the truth is that the son of man did not come to condemn but to save so the truth prevails above the facts now jesus said i am the truth the truth is a person he he says i even i am the truth so so the truth is wrapped up in the person of jesus christ and when jesus talked about the holy spirit who would come he said this in john 14 16 he says the father will give you another helper that he may be with you forever the spirit of truth so the spirit of jesus christ the spirit of this higher reality whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be with you. Now, now the world can certainly understand the logic of facts and put two and two together, but the world, those who do not know Jesus, have a very tough time with the truth. And often they think that the facts, in fact, is the truth. Now, facts are important. We'll look at that in a moment. But first of all, I want to I speak some truth about you. First of all, I want to tell you this. You are unconditionally and absolutely loved. 
Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Not your failures, not your successes, not your setbacks, not your great achievements. Nothing can separate you from God's love. You are everlastingly loved by God because God is love. Here's some more truth about you. You are identified in Jesus Christ. You have been crucified with Jesus. Jesus didn't just take your sins. He took you. you. When he was buried, you were buried with him. With all your shame and failures have been buried, put six feet under. You have been risen with Christ. Uh, you are identified in him. You are seated with him far above all principality and power. This is the truth about you. You may, not, you may feel totally opposite to everything I just said. You may have some facts to apply that would contradict what I just said. But still the truth stands. This is the truth of you. As far as east is from the west, so far has he removed your transgressions from you. There is no condemnation to you. You died and your life has been hidden with Christ in God. You are an overcomer. You are more than a conqueror. This is the truth about you. The truth about you is that Jesus Christ bore your sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes we were healed. That's the truth. That's the truth. Now, many facts may contradict that, but, but you see, storms may come, sickness may come, troubles will come. But just like Simon Peter, you know, when he was walking on the water and then the storm came, when he focused on that storm, of course, then he began to experience the reality of that storm and he was sinking. But when he turned his attention to the truth, to the higher reality, then he kept walking on the water. Amen. So here's what I want to say. Face the facts and face the truth. You say, you mean, you mean I should face both? Yes. Facts are very important. You know, some people have to their own detriment, and I think it's hurt many people, they have assumed that to have faith means you deny the facts. But, but that's not what faith is. Faith is not a denial of the fact. A well-known preacher died some time ago, and he was a faith man. And, and in his case, the family wasn't allowed to, to even say goodbye. Because they said, well, to even to acknowledge that he might die, it, it just wouldn't be faith. Because it brings great pain afterwards and all kinds of sorrow. See, faith is not a denial of the facts. It's not to say it's not storming. No, no, it's not. It, it's, not it's not if you're a blind person driving down the highway saying, I can see, I can see, until you hit a telephone pole. I, I mean, you know, that, that's not faith. And sometimes I think, because we are people of faith, and sometimes I think born-again Christians hurt themselves in this area we just kind of brush aside the facts and we say well you know god will take care of it it could be in relationships for example it could be in business for example people just brush aside facts you say well what do you know about business well i'm the chairman of the board for 13 corporations so i have a lot of reasons to get facts i have corporations ministry corporations in singapore and in indonesia and in 
in Scandinavia and different countries, and I, I, get, I get hundreds of requests. People say, can we do this? Can we do this? And one of my most common answers is, give me the facts. So I'm not anti-fact. Someone says, could we buy this? I, I want to know the facts. Who checked out the prices? How many places did you check? Are we getting the best deal? Is there warranty? Give me the facts and I'll make the decision. Never be afraid of the facts. Sometimes in a human relationship, it could be just two people relating. It could be a marriage. It could be any kind of relationship. You know, sometimes people just want to brush aside the facts. Just say, I I don't want to hear the facts. You You know, God will take care of it. No, we can face the facts because faith is not denial of facts. The grace of God is not given to us as an escape. So, for example, if a person is terminated in their job, and it's good to know why. Why was I terminated? Oh, I don't want to know. God's going to give me a better job. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's a higher truth. But get the facts. What happened? I mean, why? And then if you've been terminated five times and it's all the same reason, you might say, well, it's good that I know this fact. Now I need God's grace to help me not to be so grumpy at work anymore. Since grumpiness got me terminated, now let the grace of God work in me so that I'm going to be joyous like Jesus himself. Instead of praying, oh God, I pray they won't see how grumpy I am. Blind in their eyes. That's not God's grace. God's grace works in us, but it doesn't make us afraid of the facts. In a relationship, if the one partner says, you know, I want, I, I want to spend time with you. I want, to, I, I want you to be home. I want, I want to spend time with you. You say, oh, God, I'm, I'm just doing something for God here. And you keep doing that year after year. You know, facts are not bad. But facts are not ultimate. Did you hear what I said? Facts are not bad. It, it's good to know the facts. Don't, don't run from them. But, but, but the truth of God It's a higher reality. Facts are real. You could say facts are very much based on our five natural senses, what we hear, taste, feel, and touch. But here's the good news. All facts are temporary. All facts are changeable. Now, the truth is not based on what we can hear, feel, smell, or touch. The truth is is not changeable. The truth is eternal. Even heaven and earth, even the whole system will pass away, but my truth, God says, will never pass away. It stands forever. So Jesus is truth. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth. The Father is the Father of truth. Facts are real. You know, Jesus exemplifies this. One of the facts of creation is the law of gravity. But what did Jesus do? He walked on the water. So he defied, he prevailed above the law of gravity. He was taken up into heaven. On the Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus' earthly temporary body was overshadowed by the eternal reality of who he is, the son of the living God. And his body was shining like a bright light. And they saw Jesus in a, in a post-resurrection figure, even though they had just seen him in his human earthly body. Oh, thank God, there is an ultimate reality of Jesus Christ. Are, are you with me? Now... Facts are based on experiences. You know, things that happened, stuff that went on, things that were said, 
And then it has a lot to do with how we think about those things. You may know this in counseling that when, when someone is being counseled with, if, they, if they're going through an experience that was very negative, very painful, it may be an insane experience 20 years earlier, when they get to describing that experience, they start speaking in present tense. They, speak, they start speaking as if it's happening right now. They were talking about, I was here and I did this 20 years ago. But then they get to the thing that has brought pain and they start talking as if it's going on right now. It's like they're reliving it because experiences are, 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 are whether, whether they're always factual or not, they're very real to the person. We, we experience you know, facts come from the... We are in a broken world. We live in a flawed world. Uh, fa- facts have to do with the, the... We've been separated from our love source. We were created to be loved by God. Sin is to be in a faraway country. Sin is to walk away and do my own thing and not be with the one who loves me. And, and that causes us to make dumb choices. We get, we get poor judgment. We, we flare up. We get angry when we shouldn't have been angry. And then there are negative effects of that. And on and on it goes. And, 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 but, but here is the deception. Deception is to define our life only by the facts and by the circumstances. You're not defined by the facts of what has happened in your life. You're not defined by the circumstances you now find yourself in. You are defined by the truth, the awesome truth that God speaks about you. Amen. Just before you clap too much, just look at this. I want to put it on on the point there. It says, facts can never change the truth. Whatever happened, whatever went on, will never change the truth of who Christ is in you and who you are in Christ and that you are loved. But look at this. But the truth will prevail over the facts if you know it. You shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. Leave it up there for a moment. Notice what I said. I didn't say that the truth will will erase the facts. There are things that happen. You know, maybe you experienced a bankruptcy. Maybe you had some other failure. Maybe there was a dysfunctionality in a relationship. Maybe your world collapsed. Well, the truth is not going to erase that which happened, whether it was a month ago or ten years ago. That's not what I'm saying. Look, look at look at the people in the Bible. Abraham did all kinds of stupid things, didn't he? I mean, he really did some stupid things. He lied about his wife, and you thought he learned his lesson, but then 25 years later, he told the same lie again. So he didn't even learn his lesson. He said, God's a God of a second chance. Abraham needed more than a second chance. And we don't know if he did any times in between. That's just the record in the Bible. Uh, uh, but, but, but so he had all kinds of facts we could bring to, back, uh, bring to bear on Abraham. But the truth prevailed, rose higher than all the facts. And in the end, Abraham was a friend of God. I said, Abraham was a friend of God. No, the facts were not erased, but God's grace was greater than the facts and lifted him to soar like an eagle above those facts. We could say the same about Simon Peter. We could say the same about Moses. We could say the same about David. The facts of the negative stuff that happened were not erased, but the truth of God was greater. So Abraham, so, so David was a man after God's own heart. Simon Peter stood up to preach and three thousand were saved because the truth prevailed over all the facts so somebody get happy and excited today hallelujah so i want to ask you when you're praying are you praying the facts or are you praying the truth
He's saying, oh Lord, you know, I suffer so much. I feel so bad. Well, I'm not saying you can't mention the facts, but what is, what is the weight of your prayer? Is it focusing on the facts or are you focusing on the truth of the awesomeness of your God? So are you ready for a truth encounter here? I, I want to I, I tell you all kinds of things, the awesome things about you in the weeks to come, but let, let's just see how this works, truth versus facts. Let me give you a couple of examples. Uh, one of them is a well-known story. For those of you who know the Bible, you know that uh, in John 11 you have the story of uh, Jesus raising Lazarus. And in the story is also Martha and Mary. Uh, they are there. And so you'll see here the interaction between truth and facts. Here's one of the facts there. The sisters, that's Martha and Mary, sent to Jesus, because Jesus was away from there, saying, Lord, he whom you love is sick. Now there's a fact, isn't it? You ever had that fact in your life? I'm sick. There's a sickness here. Now look at how Jesus applied the truth. He didn't say, oh, no, 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 Lazarus is not sick. I don't want to hear any negative talk here. You know, he's not sick. No, no, he's fine. No, that's not faith. Here, here's the truth. This sickness is not unto death. The implication was, the way Mary and Martha looked at it, that he's sick and he's going to die. But he says, there's sickness. Yeah, there's a sickness there. But it's not unto death. But for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Not, 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 that, not that Jesus is being glorified in that sickness, but through that problem being there, looking like it leads to a sure death, and it would lead to death, Jesus will be glorified in the healing and the resurrection. But you know the facts? The facts just keep coming. So I won't give you all of them from John 11, but here's, here's another fact. Uh, this is about four days later uh, where uh, Martha and Mary say to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Notice a little blame. Jesus, for your information, if you hadn't spent so much time over there, Pastor Jesus, you know, this problem could have been avoided. It's all your fault, Jesus. And then she kind of adds like a good charismatic evangelical would, but I know that even now, whatever you ask God, he'll do it for you. You know, so I'm not being totally negative here. So she, but, but it's kind of a little bit of a blame, an undertone. Then comes, here comes the truth. Let's see what Jesus says to her. Jesus says, your brother will rise again. He, he is speaking an ultimate reality. Look, look how Mary counters or Martha, she counters, she says, here comes another fact. I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. You know, some people when they, she's like one of these people always have a scripture verse for everything. She's like, I'm offended. Don't you know I know the Bible? Of course I know he's going to rise on the last day. You don't think I know my Bible? <laughs> you know, that's all you can give me. You know, so she kind of quotes in a religious way. Yeah, it's true. It's going to rise on the last day. Look at how Jesus comes. Here, here comes the truth. Even in the face 
of stale old Bible verses that you may have quoted till you hardly know what the verse means. It's just kind of a, a verse that you pull out. Uh, no, th- th- you see, Jesus is greater because he's the source of the word. And so Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? He comes with the truth. He's saying, yes, you may theologically, you know the verse that he's going to rise again on the last day. You know, religion is always about it's going to happen. Oh, it's always about the hereafter. And thank God for the hereafter. But right now, you're not in the hereafter. You are in the now and now. And, And see, the gospel is now. Eternal life. New life. God's love for you, wisdom, it's now. And Jesus is not saying, I was or I will be. I am the resurrection and the life. Do you believe this? Then, then, then a few hours later, here's the situation. Fact, Jesus said, take away the stone. That's a beautiful word of faith. But then Martha said, Lord, by this time, there is a stench. Or as the King James says, he stinketh. In fact, I should have called the whole sermon, He Stinketh. It's a good title. He, kind of a T.D. Jakes title, you know, He Stinketh. You know, because he's been dead for four days, so she comes with a fact. He Stinketh. Well, Jesus, no, he doesn't. I don't smell anything. I'm standing on the Word. Is that what Jesus is saying? No, he doesn't argue with the facts. He hasn't argued a single fact. So again, faith is not denying the facts no the facts are what they are but there is a higher ultimate reality that prevails above those facts and so look at what jesus how jesus answers here he said to her uh did i not say to you that if you believe you would see the glory of god didn't i tell you that there's a higher reality the reality of faith I hope you're getting the message clear. I'm, I'm speaking the truth of you. I'm not, I've got lots to say on it, but it's coming up in the weeks to come. But I, I, I'm not denying the facts. In fact, I, I think it's good to know the facts. You know, I, I came here a couple of weeks ago and told you a little bit of my testimony, and it just illustrates this. You know, I had a, a bad physical setback six weeks ago, and uh, that's a fact. I don't deny it. People say, oh, don't tell the church. They won't think that you're a man of faith. They don't acknowledge that. No, no. The only option given to me was a very severe surgery. I'm not against surgery. Some people have had that surgery right here in the room. Others who watch me on television have had the same surgery. I I thank God for doctors. But, you know, I'm a child of God. You're a child of God. You can talk to your Heavenly Father. So so they told me all the facts. They brought in several experts and... uh, you know, I got more and more facts. And then I told you the story how uh, a doctor from Cleveland called me, Cleveland, Ohio, who's also President Bill Clinton's doctor, and he gave his facts. And then I read medical journals that contradicted what that doctor said. Because I'm a big one for the facts. I want to know, I want to know if what this doctor says, and then I want to know the guy who doesn't like this doctor, what he, what he says. And then I want to hear, I want to get all the facts and, and try to sift through between the rivalry of, of professionals 
So I'm not against the facts. I'm not one of these people who say, well, well, let's hide it. Let's not, let, you know, let's pretend that everything is all right. And say, well, I'm standing in faith. No, that's not standing in faith. That's, that's, that's it's escaping from it. But I also told you that at the end of all that process, when I told the surgeon I would let them know whether I was going to have the surgery or not, I had to connect with the truth. I realized that there's a higher reality for me. Now, God may guide someone else differently. And so I told you I was lying in the bed, and you know the hospital is not always the most faith-building environment, you know, with stuff in you and everything else. And I was lying there, and I, and I was just saying, Jesus, now I just want to focus on you. I can't read any more of these facts. And it came to me out of 2 Corinthians 5. God was in Christ. And that's all I could get for half an hour meditation. God was in Christ. I saw how God, the, 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 the creator of the universe, the one by whom all things were made, was in Christ came into Christ's body, raised Christ's body from the dead. And I began to see how I am in Christ and how Christ is in me. And my, in my mind, I was taken on this med- meditative journey and I saw how through every vein in my body, every artery, every muscle, every organ, that I am infused with the life of God. I saw the reality of Christ in me and me in Christ. And, 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 I, and, I, and it, it just... So, and then I made a decision. I didn't, I didn't have the surgery. Hallelujah. And here I am today preaching. Hallelujah. I'm feeling good. So, so are you hearing me? I'm saying, don't deny the facts. Don't, don't become an escapist to just brush everything aside, whether it's in your marriage, in a business relationship, in, in your schooling, in, in your church, in, in, in your physical life. Don't, don't sweep things under the carpet and say, well, I'm standing in faith. That's not standing in faith. Jesus never refuted one of these facts. He just imparted truth. Because the facts can never change the truth. But the truth can change facts. I'm not saying every fact of the past, but there are. Truth can change fact. There is, as the brother right over here experienced, there is a moment when you have a cancerous tumor in your body and the truth is applied and you don't have that cancer anymore. So in that case, the truth erased the fact. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Can I just give you one other situation? How are we doing? Are you doing all right? Uh, There was a terrible situation in Acts chapter 4. The the apostles and the church, the believers were persecuted. They'd been thrown in prison. They were forbidden from preaching the name of Jesus. So they they were in a bad state. And obviously, we we wonder, had they learned from Jesus? You know, when, when facts are what they are, we, we are forbidden if we as much as mention the name of Jesus, we are back to jail. Maybe they will kill us. And so how, how, how does that work out? So look, look at this here. I'm quoting from uh, Acts chapter 4. Here's what they did. They met together for prayer. And here's the first part of it. They raised their voice to God. Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. So what are they doing? They are imparting the truth, an everlasting ultimate truth into the facts of the situation. They are, in a way, you could say they're comparing the size of their problem with the size of their God. 
That's always one good way to go. Compare the size of your problem, of your failure, to the size of your God. And the truth is, your God is always bigger. He made heaven and earth. He made everything that is in it. And then following this kind of lengthy prayer part here, they said, who by David said. Now, David had written, you know, part of the Bible, so they're quoting David. He said, why did the nations rage and the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. And then they said they were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ, for truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate and the Gentiles, and the people were gathered together. What are they doing here? They are identifying themselves with Jesus Christ. They're saying this attack, this pressure, is not really on us. It's against Jesus Christ. That's how keenly they were aware that they and Christ were together. They were not like so many uh, people are today, you know, well-meaning people. When they're in a pressure, they said, Oh, Jesus, you're out there somewhere. Come and help us, Jesus. Oh, God, where are you when I need you? But instead, they immediately put themselves in complete unity with Jesus Christ. And they're saying, you know, it's not really us under attack. It's Jesus under the attack. They are attacking Jesus because we are of him and he is of us. That is a truth an eternal truth that you can bring to bear on any situation. You are in Christ and Christ is in you. Praise God. Okay, let let, let me give you this quickly here. And then they said, to do whatever your hand and your purpose determine before to be done. Here, Here they're applying another eternal truth. God is never surprised. God is never surprised. In other words, he says, God, this situation we're facing, you knew it beforehand. It was in your counsel all along. It's always good to know that whatever you're facing right now, God's not shocked. He's not saying, oh, I never thought Susie would blow it like that. I mean, if there was one person I counted on in the church, I thought she would be a pillar forever. And look at her. She had a failure now. Oh, I don't know. What are we going to do now? Nothing about you will ever surprise your heavenly Father. He believed in you before you knew yourself. He believed in you before your worst failure, before your greatest success. Uh, He saw you as the apple of his eye and he loved you. And nothing will ever shock your God. Oh, that's good news. And then they said, they they pray like this now, Lord, grant your servants that with all boldness we may speak your word. Uh, by, by, By stretching out your hand to heal and signs and wonders may be done through the name of the holy servant Jesus. So they're saying, yeah, here's where we need help. We need to be bold and speak in the name of Jesus and not hold back because the facts look so negative. The fact looks so counterproductive. But but we don't, Lord, we need boldness to speak your word, to speak your truth, to declare the ultimate reality. Oh, praise God. The truth about you is that you are loved by God. You belong with God. We have a little saying in this church, put it on some of our advertising, in the church where you belong. We didn't pull that out of a hat. No, that's what we're saying. We believe that's Jesus. You belong here with your successes, with your failures, with your hang-ups, with your perfections, you know. Bring it all. You belong. The truth is, 
awesome about you. You're going to learn more about it. Amen? How about this right now? I read the scripture earlier where it said, the Holy Spirit will come. He's your helper. And He's the Spirit of truth. The world cannot receive Him. They cannot see Him. They cannot hear because the world is caught up just in the facts. That's all they can see. But you know Him. And He's with you and He's in you. Peter Youngren and World Impact Ministries operate a helpline at one 974 where you can call for prayer ministry from our prayer center or for more information about World Impact Ministries. You can also visit us at www.peteryoungren.org or contact us by mail at World Impact Ministries in the U.S. Post Office Box 490, Niagara Falls, New York, 14304 or in Canada, Post Office Box 968, St. Catherine. Ontario, L2R 6Z4.